1: to the podcast we go. This is our first official podcast for making a Disney fan. I am here with our very own grumpy Brandon. What's up, what's up? Occasionally you could be a bit of a grump, but that's okay. We love you anyway.
2: Fair.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that laughter is our good friend Sarah. She is our very own Snow White because she can be sweet and kind. And it's wonderful.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. And I am Zach and I am happy. That's who I choose to be. Pretty fitting. Yeah. Yeah. Some people might say dopey, but I talk way too much to be dopey. That's true. He doesn't talk at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. And usually I am quite the chipper person. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. I'd say that's a pretty accurate description of you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. (laughs) So, on our very first official episode of Making a Disney Fan, we are going to talk about the original film. The very first one, we are going to be talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It is the quintessential Disney classic from 1937 and... Just to give us
3: a bit of a newbie recap, I'm gonna turn it over to Brandon. All right, what's up guys? So this is the newbie recap. It's your boy here, recapping Snow White. So I have no real memories of watching Snow White when I was younger. To be completely honest, like I know we did watch it, but it's not something that ever really stuck with me. So this is kind of my first, first time watching it. As an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's a pretty simple storyline. Uh, Snow White is a princess. She is being kind of, like, forced to be a maid and wear, like, tattered clothing for the evil queen because she is prettier than the evil queen, which is just a really, really petty thing, but sure. In vain, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. Yeah, very vain thing. So the queen's got this mirror, and she's like, Yo, mirror, who is the prettiest girl in the world, essentially? Mm-hmm. And the mirror's like, "Ah, oh, it's you. It's you. And as long as that happens, Snow White's good. But one day, the mirror's like, nah, girl, it's Snow White now. And she's like, uh, I got to do something about this. So she gets a huntsman, the huntsman, played by Chris Hemsworth, but not in this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, uh, she tells him to basically take her out into the forest and murder her. Just straight up kill her. And he can't do it. Well, it is a medieval story. You're going, she's going medieval yeah. on, her, on her butt. That yeah. is true. That is true. But he wimps out. I'm thinking because it's her beauty that does it, because it's kind of like a, a trend. Everyone just falls in love with Snow White in this movie, but yep. he lets her go, and she ends up just singing and dancing with the animals for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but the animals end up leading her to the, the the dwarf house where all these dwarves live, and there's seven dwarves in this house. I'm not even going to bother listing their names because, yeah, there's there's a, there's a good <laughs> few. Um, Anyway, so she lives... <laughs> Moves in with these dwarves and basically becomes, like, their mom. Yeah,
0: basically. Um,
3: she cleans up after them. She, like, forces them to wash up before dinner. Uh, it's it's really interesting, but they roll with it. They fall in love with her. They're all happy. She kisses them on the forehead when they go to work and stuff. And I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but the next part of the story is basically Snow White being a dumb... <laughs> b-. um, yeah. So the queen goes to the mirror and she's like all right mirror who's the prettiest in the land and the mirror's like it's still snow white she ain't dead and i'm going to tell you exactly where she is it's going to sell her out like what a mirror
0: yeah i was thinking that during my rewatch i was like man that mirror is not a bro he's just like yeah i like
3: i'm out. so used to the mirror from like shrek like i know yeah. that's dreamworks <laughs> but like i'm so used to that magic mirror yeah. that like this one's like Snow White's in the dwarf's house. And I'm like, you, you, (laughs) like how how dare you? Um, So the mirror completely sells her out and a queen decides, I'm going to go find her. I'm going to turn myself into this ugly witch by using a spell and I'm going to give her a poison apple. And all she really does is talk to her for two minutes and Snow White's like, hell yeah, I'm going to eat this apple from a stranger. So she eats the apple and straight up dies. Flash forward a bit. Prince comes. All the dwarves are sad. The prince who I have no idea. It actually never explains how he found out what he needs to do. But he just, he just knows he's going to walk up to this dead body and he's going to kiss it regardless. It's, I got questions surrounding that.
0: It's the magic of Disney. That's how he knows.
3: It's the magic of Disney. He just <laughs> knows he needs to kiss this dead body.
0: Yeah.
3: So he kisses the dead body. Didn't think that's a sentence I'd ever say. But he kisses the dead body. And then they just ride off on a horse together and leave the dwarves behind. Yes. That's about the whole movie, honestly. Yep. It was. It's it, the movie itself is an hour and a half long, right? It's like an hour twenty-eight, and nothing happens. We do not get to the point of this story until there's like fifteen minutes left. <laughs> it's like we're gonna do thirty songs with these dwarves, but like we're not gonna get to the actual whole point of the story till the, the very end. It it was confusing me. Also, I'm not a fan of how she treats the dwarves, like we realize these dwarves are adult men right Mm -hmm. yeah like they are they're they're not children but she's like oh go wash up for bed go whatever and i do not like it's kind of patronizing i feel like in a way yeah um on that note too like i just couldn't stand snow white's voice yeah the voice
1: is is definitely something that it can be a bit off-putting especially now when when we're spoiled with the '90s princesses, yeah,
3: yeah, I, uh, oh, I almost wanted to quit the movie just because of her voice. Yeah, that's. I'm guessing that's pretty much the recap. I'm
1: surprised you didn't you didn't pinpoint the moment when the the evil queen died.
3: Like right I, before that, that just seemed it just seemed so basic, really. Like it just seemed like she came and died real quick. Like there was no grand finale it Mm -hmm. was just like oh like she's alive and the queen's dead now and Mm -hmm. all this it's i don't know it just didn't it didn't really do it for me Mm -hmm. um i do have to say as as a positive thing i did enjoy i do enjoy the classic storybook opening that disney movies had back in the day well the thing to
1: remember is that this being the first one this yeah. is the very first time that has ever been, ever yeah. been done. And just the whole concept of the, of it being a storybook movie yeah. that way. It's just really cool. And I'm pretty darn sure that that book still exists. That very one is yeah. like in a Disney museum or no archives. Cause I'm pretty sure you can't even see it cause it's so hmm. iconic.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of like the storybook, um, I will say that they did use it to advance a lot of the story.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, like, <laughs> they didn't even narrate it. They, yeah, like, <laughs> it just gets they, to
3: the point. Like she eats the apple, and then it's like, okay, all this other stuff happened. And the dwarves didn't want to bury her, so they put her in a glass coffin. Here you go. Yeah. You know. It just, just felt like there was like, we could have cut some of the other hour and put something in there that made it better. But yeah, from a first from a first view, I will call this a first view for me. I will say it was an interesting film, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give it credit because it's the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, like, being the
1: first period, like, this one, cr- like, how often can you see a film and say that this
3: created a genre? Yeah. That, yeah, and that's absolutely true. Like, it did create, like, the animated feature genre. But... Not only animated, but more of, like, a full-length
1: family film. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually gone on record that because, after the success of this movie, a different studio greenlit Wizard of Oz. Oh, because they saw the potential in this in this market. So Wizard of Oz exists because of Snow White.
2: Hmm. That's and interesting.
1: So it's the full-length feature that's meant for the whole family. Yeah. Like beforehand it was like little snippets of cartoons and who mm. really cares about kids? Yeah. Right. The adults have the money, the kids don't have money.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as for as the newbie of this group, um, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I like that it's the first. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where it carries a lot of favor for me because I did not see too much in, in the story. And The story is very simple. Yeah, it's like, frankly, I didn't want to wait until the very end to get some, like, plot development. Mm-hmm. But right. that's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. So that was Newbie Recap with Brandon. And now we're going to switch over to Deep Dive Disney with myself. I'm gonna be talking about some interesting aspects of this movie, but first I'm gonna talk about my memories. Now, I'm kind of in the same boat and originally with like my childhood with this one. Like, I don't remember watching it too much. I'm pretty sure that my parents had the VHS for it. Like, I'm pretty sure we had it, but it wasn't one of those ones that I would put in regularly myself. It was one that was there, but I just don't have It just
3: isn't clicking in my brain as I remember. Is that because it's like a simple story? Like, do you think you kind of recognize that even, even back then? Like, it just wasn't enough for you. I can't say that that's the reason because I was watching Fantasia. Yeah, but Fantasia (laughs) has a lot going on. There's no story or whatever. Like, I mean, there's stories, but like, Mm -hmm. it's not a like a solid plot. But there's a lot going on in Fantasia. I would argue there's not much going on in Snow White. This is true.
1: Now, my other memories is that I I remember, like, I I do own this one on DVD. Like, I bought it when I was working on my collection, but that's me being a completionist more than anything. Right. And then I decided to watch it at at one point, and I remember falling asleep at <laughs> that viewing and not feeling the worst about falling asleep watching this movie.
3: I almost fell asleep on the plane watching this movie this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Exactly. So that that's that's part of my memories for it. Um,
1: and then, I recently started going through the movies with with my kids. Like I got two kids myself. Um, and yeah, we started off with Snow White and just started going in order. And yeah, it was it was very pleasant going in watching that one at the beginning and getting a a, a more deep appreciation for this for this film.
2: Right.
1: Now. To dive deeply into it, the first thing I want to talk about
3: is the art. Mm-hmm. The art of this movie is insane. It's got it's got that classic Disney feel, like similar to what we mentioned with Lambert. Oh. It's mm-hmm. like it's got that, oh, it, that but beautiful it, painted like, look. But again,
1: with Lambert, it was one thing. But this one just turns it up to eleven. Yeah. Well, like, I mean,
3: they obviously
1: put a lot more money and stuff oh yeah, into it. so much money. Like, if you want to get into the history of this one, like all the studios originally were like calling it Disney's folly because they were just like what is going on with him why Why do you think you can do this and then he showed it to a bank executive one day because he needed more money and they wouldn't give him more money unless they saw what the heck he was doing and he, they he watches the test footage which Walt hated that to show it to people before it was ready or done right and he showed it to him and then you know he's quiet and stuff and at the very end he's like getting in the car and goes by the way you're gonna make a ton Ooh. of money <laughs> just simply put yeah just gonna make a ton of money on this that's because he was ran out of money they were super over budget like and they worked on this movie for four and a half years mm-hmm. and with hundreds of animators and it was ridiculous uh but the art was just turning it up to 11 they had this uh artist named uh Gustav Tengren that came in and just to do like inspirational drawings for it and for the um, s- the settings and the atmospheres and the animators essentially just looked at these at these drawings and just like oh i yeah we'll just do almost exactly this and this artist was not an animator he was almost a storybook artist this mm. this guy that actually like drew the paint the pictures that were in storybooks like mm. really good 1930s storybooks so it makes the art just so beautiful yeah, and so European. It is incredibly <laughs> European. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels like so- something that would be in, I don't know, 1400s Germany, right. say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, around the time of that the Brothers Grimm would have actually been writing the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the art is just... I just absolutely love it. Like, you look at the Dwarves Cottage. If you actually take a, a close look at the cottage, there is carvings everywhere. Everything looks like something else. The stairs look like this. And there's so much intricate detail. It's really, really wonderful to look at. And I, I always talk about Fantasia being an art piece. It it definitely it, it is. is. Yeah. It is, but... At this point now I I can look at Snow White and see it as an art piece because yeah. mm. the animation ages this movie is 85 years old. Yeah,
2: you absolutely. look at it. Yeah,
1: it's 85 years old and it's just what it this works on HD.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Like this works on a full screen TV, HD and it's just it looks Amazing. Did they touch it up for Disney Plus? I'm sure that they did do some touch-up. Yeah, I thought abil- it looked rather good. But the ability to touch it up was very simple because of how amazing it already was. Yeah. And how much of a perfectionist that Walt was on this movie. Because, hands down, almost the entire time this movie was in production, Walt was there. Yeah. He was right there. He had, it had his full focus on this film that is one of the biggest things to think about with this movie. And that's what I, I really enjoy about this movie now Mm -hmm. is looking at it and seeing this art. That's something that's come to my mind. And the other thing is you're talking about all the times with the dwarves. So at this point in Disney's history, right before they were more known for shorts and gags for this, uh, segments called the silly symphonies. Yeah. So, At this point, their atmosphere, creative atmosphere, was far more about gags. In fact, they had this interesting thing where Walt would pay people for gags that got into the movie. He would pay them $5 a gag. And again, 1935, when the movie was in production, 1935, five $5 is a lot of money. So he literally had everybody in the company coming up with gags for the movie. (laughs) Because they wanted to wanted some money and yeah. a lot of gags got gags got into it, and yeah, it it shows especially with the you know the washing scene and the the um, the scene where they go up and try to see what's going on with the cottage cottage when Snow White is asleep. Yeah, there's a lot of gags that go on with that moment and stuff. So yeah, you feel that kind of silly that this transition from silly Symphony to narrative structure it's an that's how you how it came to be like that with a little bit you know a simplified plot incredibly simplified plot Mm -hmm. but yeah it's a really funny that way now snow white does not age the best when it comes to like a female role in in regards to it Mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways, I don't see it as being strictly anti-feminist.
3: I'm not sure if I could. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if I could say anti-feminist, but exactly. I do think it, uh, like, it does it. actively present a role for her that is.
1: We know what you mean. <laughs> the the feminist goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now the biggest thing that people talk about when it comes to um, Snow White would be the fact that she gets to a house and just decides to clean it. And I'm not gonna lie, I definitely would do the same thing if it was me. <laughs> I am the person that if I see if I walk into somebody's house and their kitchen's kind of a mess or something like that and I got some time, if I'm comfortable enough with the pe- with the person, I'm the kind of person that would clean the kitchen.
0: <laughs> you want to come to my house? You can come <laughs> yeah. do my dishes if you want. <laughs>
3: I've I've done that to a number of people. I think oh. I think my issue my issue with that I guess, is that she assigns the cleaning and stuff as like who she is yeah. as a person. Like but she the, creates her identity out of her ability to clean for the dwarves. But for that, I also have to look back at what she was doing before. Because well, I mean, she, she was, was a servant she was and a she servant had before. done this, so she's got the skills. Yeah. But I just feel like it's almost like she, she got free and it's like, you're still just yeah. a servant. But,
0: though. She's she's not thinking about it as she's free because she yeah, she was a servant and she was not living a great life, but she didn't seem unhappy in the beginning of the movie. That's yeah, true. she didn't seem yeah. to realize that she was in danger until he tries to kill her and then she's like, Oh, I do have to escape this. Yeah. So like she didn't seem unhappy with her role. And when you think about it, in this time period, some women, yeah, probably were unhappy with their role, but a lot of them they were raised that that was gonna be their life they were gonna be a mother they were gonna be a housekeeper that was their that was it and yeah that was just what was expected so yeah and right now that is kind of anti-feminist to expect that of women but then Mm -hmm. that was just normal yeah Mm -hmm. see
1: in in this case i see it as like a a fair exchange because she's wanting protection at the same time like she's Wanting refuge from the Evil Queen, yeah, and she's willing to give something to, to get it. That's true. Yeah, so like it's, she's it's paying like, rent uh,
0: by keeping their house clean. Exactly,
1: yeah. and you know she also has all these animal friends to help her with the <laughs> yeah. with the tasks. Which, not gonna lie, those those moments where they're cleaning and it's just adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh, you know, here's a squirrel twirling up a spider web with its tail and sh- shaking it out the window, and just yeah, oh. So cute. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I see that. I see this, like the Snow White role as seeing see a need, fill a need. Mm-hmm. Like, she sees the need that is around them because, you know, uh, like, there's that moment where she's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll clean and I'll. And I'll do this, and I'll cook, and they're just like, Cook, can you do apple dumplings? Mm. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, yes, I can do those, and gooseberry pie. And then they're like, Gooseberry pie, she stays. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that simple, because, you know, men, <laughs> you know, there goes the classic saying, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh there was one other thing to talk about and that's the evil queen Mm because you know there's the other side of this movie now i don't really know how to take this in regards to feminism because she is incredibly vain as we said earlier Mm -hmm. yes she is the definition of vain and then she just wants to kill somebody just because she's prettier so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i don't know how to take that (laughs) that that, that's definitely a step down in regards to feminism
0: yeah absolutely true i mean a lot of even now a lot of women are like that, like not necessarily killing people who are prettier than them but they want to be the prettiest that's why we have things like makeup and plastic surgery yeah. stuff like that like which people is wanna like look a
3: multi-billion dollar industry absolutely
0: <laughs> like every girl even if you are a feminist every girl wants people to think they're pretty that's just yeah. not and i mean men too they want people to think that they're attractive but it's just the way that it is. She absolutely takes it to the next level. But, you know, that's the villainy of her. She had to be motivated by something.
1: Yeah. So uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about um, is where this story comes from. This one originally is uh, Brothers Grimm, and I, I believe it even dates back further than that. Grimm, the Brothers Grimm were more the ones that popularized and wrote a lot of these things down. And I remember hearing... Uh, the story an actual retelling of like one of the original versions of this one and it's interesting the original one of the original versions is she eats the apple and then she's put to sleep yeah and there's actually a way that the the way that she wakes up from this isn't from a kiss the
3: prince sees her please, please don't tell me it's more than a kiss no, <laughs> no,
1: no, no no for that you go you go sleeping beauty okay yeah, um, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. With Snow White, the way that she woke up is the prince saw her there and said she was so beautiful because she was there for, like, years and was not decomposing because she was in an endless sleep. And he begged the dwarves to bring her back to his castle. And then, on the way, her coffin breaks. But then this apple chunk that was in her throat gets dislodged. And so the apple comes out of her throat. And then the spell is broken. Mm. and so because the apple's not there and then she wakes up
0: yeah a lot less romantic that way
3: that makes but it makes so much more sense
0: oh and it's less creepy Absolutely. and you know it also goes in line
1: with the with <laughs> with you know the other new the, the other thing that we need to consider and that is consent
0: oh 100 yeah. percent.
1: yeah it's a great point yeah because you know if she's awake
3: she can consent yeah but, and I mean, she was into him in the beginning, but this still, is if you are unconscious, what's uh, to say she didn't change your mind? Maybe she's all into Dopey now.
2: Yeah, you, never like, know. you don't know.
3: But that dopey was Dopey is adorable.
0: That was <laughs> the magic of Disney. Like it's romance, it's fairy tale. You're not thinking about those things then.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Disney can like take away anything gross or whatever just by saying it's romantic.
0: Basically, that's what they do. And I mean they're yeah, gradually getting better as time goes by. Like we have feminist queen princesses now that are like yeah. kicking mm-hmm. butt, taking names, but you know, that's not yeah. what that's not what life was like back then.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Alright. That is the end of Deep Dive Disney. Now going to move on to fun facts and trivia with Sarah.
0: All right, so first of all, my memories of Snow White, similar to the other two, I'm sure I watched it, don't remember watching it as a kid. I do know that I did have the VHS though, because I still have it, because when we moved from Alberta, my parents tried to get rid of all of our Disney VHS, and I was like, nope, <laughs> they're mine. They're in storage, because I don't have a VCR, but I have them. That's also how I got my Super Nintendo, because they were going to get rid of it.
2: Ugh, Ugh the audacity! Like, what the heck, yeah. right?
0: I know, so... Anyways, so a lot of the fun facts that I do have were taken from a couple of books. They are Files of Character from the Walt Disney Studios by Jeff Curti and The Disney Book by Jim Fanning, um, borrowed from my sister who also does our episode art. Shout out Becca Riley Art on Instagram. Um, So, as uh, we already discussed, this was the first full length animated feature film to come, and it came out of the United States. Walt Disney, at this time, just wasn't artistically satisfied by his animated shorts anymore, and he didn't want to just make a long cartoon, he wanted an entertainment experience that would surpass even what the best live-action movies could do. So Walt believed the romance of this story, the menace of the queen, and the dwarves would make the perfect story. He thought that combination were good to go. Uh, And prior to this, actually, going back to the artwork and the animation, um, the animators had never animated a realistic girl, but Walt wanted a realistic and believable fairy tale princess, so he pioneered a process. It was the first time this was done. He sent his animators to art classes to study human form and movement, and he hired artists training in traditional painting and sculpture. Whoa.
2: Mm-hmm. So he
0: put a lot into this, and that was the first time anyone had done that.
3: So it's like... They've never done a human before at this point? Or well, no, they were cartoonish.
0: A realistic girl. So think, yeah.
3: like, classic Mickey Mouse or...
0: Yeah.
1: So a lot of the times, yes, they did animals, but... And they might have done a person, but think, um... Uh, also, like, Popeye.
0: Popeye yeah, the Sailor Man really. like, okay, like yeah. that, that kind of like
1: person not... where they're, like... Like, they do not look like a person. They look okay. like a cartoon. Yeah.
3: That makes sense.
2: More yeah, atomic. this is the first realistic. realistic.
0: One.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. Snow White looks
3: yeah. like a lo- looks like a person. Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. I, will, I will admit that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this brings me to my first fun fact: the rosy glow that you see on her cheeks to make her look more realistic was actually real rouge that they painted on. So, like the kind of rouge that women were wearing on their cheeks to make themselves look pretty, they painted that onto the animation. So
3: it's like legitimate
0: makeup. They glow. put makeup on the cells. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. They painted it That's on. That's one way to do it. Isn't that cool? That is yeah. really cool. Um, Yeah. So the dwarves in the original story by the Brothers Grimm were anonymous. They did not have names, but Walt wanted to give them each a personality, and he named them accordingly. Um, but fun fact, there were several other names considered, so I want to play a really quick game with you guys and see if you can guess any of them. So I'll give you each three guesses. Okay. What else do you think they could have named the dwarves?
1: I warn you, I kind of looked a lot of these things up, so I'm I'm gonna let Brandon guess first.
0: Oh man, I don't even sure. Know. Um
1: sure. Funny? Uh, nope. Uh, um, just think like characteristics
3: you could use to describe someone. That's, like that's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah.
3: Angry? No, there's a grumpy. That's the same thing. Um, yeah. No, angry. One more i don't have a third one i'm not gonna lie i want to tap out right.
0: that's okay, that's okay. Uh, one of my give favorite ones
3: that they said was uh bigo bigo
1: ego was an interesting one.
0: Oh, that's not on my list
1: yeah um very interesting yeah it's a uh nifty shifty yeah dirty yep. uh
0: give me one more giddy no no all right we stumped you all right, all right i'll read you the full list so the other names considered were awful hoppy weepy dirty cranky hungry lazy goopy wistful soulful glick crabby helpful tearful thrifty shifty nifty burpy and my personal offensive favorite Deffy.
3: Ah yes, Daffy. Oof, that is a rough
0: Also though,
3: awful and dirty are so mean.
2: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Grumpy is just like a it's just a
3: interest like that's
1: something that I could say at in our dorm rooms and just call somebody, oh, you're just so grumpy. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't say just like I say that to my daughter all the time. You're so dirty. Yeah. That just sounds
0: insulting. (laughs) (laughs) Or dirty. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's the other names they considered So obviously we have the seven that we ended up with One of them being Dopey So Dopey was a big challenge Because they were trying to create this character And Walt really wanted him involved But the voices and the images just were not working And obviously, as we already discussed, Walt was a perfectionist mm. So eventually, they just made him look like a kid They gave him childlike features And Walt loved it And then he was like, you know what? Dopey doesn't need to talk let's just give him no voice and that's where dopey came from and it worked yeah i mean absolutely dopey i remember dopey being my
3: favorite of the seven when i was like a kid i think he was a lot of
1: people's favorite when they
0: were kids i think yeah absolutely but then you get older
1: and then you like grumpy (laughs) yeah yeah so i think i liked sneezy the
3: best
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's pretty funny um okay moving on to the next little bit here uh so their deadline was christmas time of 1937 and uh they delivered the prints to the theater hours before the premiere on december 21st 1937 they cut it very close
1: yeah i think i remember reading that they were still working on it two weeks before like they had made finishing touches two weeks before so it's just when you consider that they
0: made it tight what Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was was close. So, my next fun fact. um, As we already discussed, it took them four years to make this, and at the time, their budget was record-setting at $1.5 million. So, that's $1.5 million in 1937. Wow. Today, Mm -hmm. that is a budget of $29.6 million. (sighs) So, I mean, the average budget for a film these days, according to Investopedia, is $65 million, so... This budget wasn't record-setting, Mm-mm. according to today's standards, yeah. but back then, absolutely. Uh, it was the top box office hit up until that time, and it's considered one of the most popular motion pictures ever produced.
1: Uh, the, the cool statistic in regards to that, with uh, how popular it was, is um, adjusted for inflation.
0: Yeah, I'm getting to that. <laughs> Fun fact, when adjusted for inflation, it is still the highest-grossing animated film ever. So, it grossed $8 million, which was a staggering sum, because this is during the Great Depression. Like, not a lot of money around at this point. Um, Most money made by any film up to that time, and adjusted for inflation, it made just shy of $2 billion. Wow. According to our money today.
3: Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's... Isn't that insane? That is...
3: Yeah, I did not see that coming, I'm not going to lie. It (laughs) is endgame money. Yeah, that is... Yeah. That is a lot.
0: It made a lot. Yeah. Um, This is a quote from Walt Disney from the book that I was looking at. He said, Of all the characters in the fairy tales, I loved Snow White the best. And when I planned my first full-length feature, she inevitably was the heroine. So he loved Snow White. Mm. That's why he chose her. Yeah. And this became the template for Disney films for years to come. It ended with a happily ever after involving true love, a beautiful castle, villain is vanquished, everyone is happy. Mm. So it became... Yeah, like I said, a template. So I have a few fun facts in a row for you here. All right. Fun fact a special Academy Award was given to this film in 1939. I see Zach smiling. I feel like he knows where I'm going with this. Oh, I know exactly where you're going with it. They gave one regular sized award and seven smaller ones represent the dwarves that's my favorite fun fact of this whole thing (laughs) i think
1: that's hilarious love it they have that on display Uh, at disneyland uh no not disneyland they have it on display in the uh, disney family museum in san francisco
2: oh okay
0: cool there you go yeah Uh, another fun fact in 1987 in honor of the 50th anniversary of the film snow white got her own star on the hollywood walk of fame
3: i have Um, seen that star actually yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It Pretty was, cool. It's cool. I didn't I didn't I didn't actually know they gave it to like those cartoon characters. Cartoon characters and like other stuff like that, but they totally do. Yeah.
2: Oh. Yep. Oh,
0: absolutely. Especially
3: for her. Like that like mm-hmm. like that. Pretty important, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: She kicked it all off. <laughs> yeah. Uh fun fact in nineteen eighty nine this film was the first animated feature to be selected for the National Film Registry.
2: Ooh.
0: So hmm. makes sense that they'd start with the start.
2: Yeah.
0: Another fun fact: both the wicked queen and the peddler woman turned out to be more frightening than Walt anticipated, and he never made another villain that scary, that real, or that menacing.
3: When did Walt Disney so. die? Because I feel 67. like sixty-seven. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> I feel like there are some crazy scary villains later on.
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. the,
3: the ones in Pinocchio, the yeah. one in
0: Fantasia. Oh, totally. And. But in his mind, um, she, was she was the yeah. scariest.
1: Yeah. Well, there is report, like, there's confirmed reports that a lot of kids ended up, like, like leaving the theaters because they were scared. And then there was...
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the first time they've ever seen anything like this. And
1: there, there was even rumors that some theaters had to change out cushions because <laughs> kids
3: wet their pants. Oh, totally. She is, yeah. she is pretty creepy. And
1: that transformation
0: sequence
3: yeah oh that's that's a that's a creepy part too yeah where she goes her hands change and stuff yeah
0: yeah absolutely um, but she was not as obviously not as scary as she is in the original story um in the original story by the Brothers Grimm, she tries to poison Snow White three times in total. And she even eats some of Snow White's organs after she thinks that she was killed. It's actually pig organs, oh. but she doesn't know yeah. that. And at the end, the queen dies by dancing to death in red hot slippers. What? So, yeah. yeah. This is a toned down version for sure. Yeah, very Sh- much so. Um, very and you see toned down. In the opening credits, they have like hints to this, but yeah, they tone it down a lot.
1: There was in the original version as well, uh, they talk about how the evil queen murdered her father because she actually mm-hmm. is a, a princess. So oh. she is, like, the queen is her stepmother. Yeah. Not just the evil queen, and, and but she is, like, Snow White is the rightful princess, and she's the stepmother queen yeah. that took over. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, another fun fact for this film, Roy Disney created the sound of Dopey tiptoeing across the cottage by folding a leather wallet back and forth. So if you re-listen to that sound, you can you can hear it for sure that's cool yeah yeah uh fun fact snow white is the youngest disney princess at 14 years old so it's supposed to be 14 yes, yep and that sure is creepy but in the original story she's seven and she still gets married oh medieval yep <laughs> that's yep. Uh, That's fun, something. fun times yep um like we see in Disney movies all the time, there is a hidden Mickey in Snow White. Uh, you can see him in the stonework in the wall behind the queen when she's going down to the dungeon.
3: Ah. Mm. I yeah. like hidden Mickeys. It's one of my favorite things Disney does.
2: <laughs>
0: Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's great.
1: Uh, just an, a random fact that was re- I found really interesting. Uh, when it got, comes to the queen, the voice actress that um, voiced the queen... When she switched over to the hag or the witch version, she actually like had dentures that she took out to get to that that version of sound, and yeah. hmm, I actually could hear it.
0: Interesting. Yeah. All right, to close off my segment, I am going to give you some facts about the cast. Ooh. So, uh, first off, the voice of Snow White was Adriana Casalotti, Um and funny that you mentioned that you hated her voice so much because she actually had to sign a contract saying she wouldn't play another character ever again because walt wanted her to just be snow white because her voice Seriously? was so iconic yep oh. I, I think it and was she... for
1: her voice not, uh, uh yeah her voice yeah
0: yeah um she loved the role and she designed her house to look like the dwarf's cottage because she was she loved it so much she was so she signed that contract. Oh wow! And IMDb, IMDb credits her with nine things, um, but she was uncredited in those things. They're mostly shorts, and one of them's not even confirmed. <laughs> so, this was her big thing. Yeah. Pretty big. Big thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, if she got any kind of contract for the role, I'm sure she would just was had enough to live yeah. off for the rest of
3: her life.
0: Absolutely. She was probably raking it in.
3: But could you imagine asking someone to shut down their whole career just because you liked the way they voiced a character? Welcome to 1930s. I mean, when Walt
0: Disney asks you to do something.
3: <laughs> that's, that's true.
0: I, you probably listen. Plus, like he said, it's the 1930s and she's a woman.
3: That so. is true, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the Evil Queen was vo- voiced by Lucille Laverne. Uh, she actually worked as a live action model for the artists when they were designing the characters. Hmm. And after working on Snow White, she retired from acting and became the co-owner of a successful nightclub. Good for her. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And she has 44 acting credits on IMDb. So that's a pretty
1: strong note to end off in.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, Harry Stockwell was the voice of the prince, and it's the role he was most known for. He only has seven other acting credits, but he was pretty big on Broadway, yeah. um, which makes sense why they would choose him for this because they needed a strong voice for that
1: yeah. yeah like his singing moments were pretty awesome He hmm. Sa- had a good voice yeah, yeah. So- sounded operatic
0: yeah and that's really all he did in the movie yeah um St- stuart buchanan played the huntsman and he also played the carnival barker in pinocchio so we got a little bit of a disney cross over there
2: <laughs> the, the um, and then
0: i the carnival barker
2: oh. in Pinocchio. yeah
0: yeah um that was the only thing of note he like I said he only had oh I didn't even have how many acting credits he had for that that was the only fact I found interesting about him (laughs) Um, I did not make notes about all the dwarves because some of them this was pretty much all they did but to start off with Pinto Colvig played sleepy grumpy and dopey's hiccups (laughs) Um, since that's the only sound dopey makes yeah and I wrote in my notes wowza what a voice because he worked with Walter Lance before disney voicing oswald the lucky rabbit among many other characters uh walter lance was an american cartoonist animator producer and director best known for founding walter lance productions and creating woody woodpecker Hmm. so he worked with another big guy in animation first Uh, he started his disney career in 1930 signing an eight-year contract as a writer and he was providing sound effects and he originated the voices of pluto and goofy
1: does pluto talk not talk but like he's not as doesn't sound exactly like a dog He barks oh, i thought he he, just... he might also have like inflections and stuff so it's a lot more he, he talks more than a than a dog he, he might not say words specifically but yeah. he can yeah okay.
3: cool yeah i didn't know that
0: yeah and so pinto had a falling out with disney and moved on which meant goofy didn't have a voice for a while Um, and then he went and worked with other studios he was Daffy Duck's singing voice for a while and then in 1967 Colvig's last known performance as Goofy uh, because he came back was for the telephone pavilion at Expo 67 and his dialogue was recorded six months before his death Uh, so he ended off on a high note and then his total of acting credits in IMDb was 348 Wow yeah. yeah, so his number really topped the other but, guys.
1: Yeah, everyone voice has got the, like five. <laughs> the, do- the 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 days of voice acting when you when you are in the business and you are the voice actor. That's true. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean,
0: um, just imagine think what... of how many shorts that they had with Pluto and Goofy. Like he was in every single one. Oh of them. yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Like right. how many um, how many credits do you think um, what, what's his name on uh, that does uh, Bugs Bunny and Mel Blanc yeah Mel Blanc just imagine what his what his would be at the
3: end of it probably too many <laughs> yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah so then we have Billy Gilbert who played Sneezy and he was actually known for his comic sneeze routines he had a whole bit he'd do for stand up comedy <laughs> oh just so I guess sneezes.
1: Uh, I guess that's your comedian side. That's yeah. the reason why you like
3: sneezy so much.
0: Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> um but Walt knew about his routine, so he asked for him. He wanted him. I'm interested um,
3: to learn what a comedy sneezing skit
0: is. Like I mean, you oh, might be able to find it. A Look whole it routine? <laughs> yeah.
3: Well,
1: I doubt that we would be able to find it on YouTube. It's Well,
0: a... I mean they might have had recordings that they like mm. remastered and stuff like that. I suppose. Um yeah. potentially. He also did play another Disney character. He played Willie the Giant in Fun and Fancy Free.
1: I thought so. Hmm.
0: Yep. And he did a lot of work alongside big silent film and comic actors like Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy. um, So you can see him and stuff like that.
2: Hmm.
0: And um, I believe, I didn't write this down, but I believe he was in, what's it called? The Dictator, Charlie Chaplin's Hitler movie.
3: Okay. That's a great
1: one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so he's in
0: that. Um, and he had but, 233 acting credits.
1: Yeah. The Charlie Chaplin film that they talk in.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Otis Harlan played Happy. He had 138 acting credits, and the one of note was, um, they credit him often as playing Mr. Mole in Bambi, and that is not true. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Mole was actually voiced by the story director of Bambi, but this guy's often credited with that character. Mm-hmm. Interesting
3: so,
0: Yeah, And my final fact Trivia piece is Marion Darlington played The birds and she also Played birds in several other Disney movies
3: <laughs> Interesting so, a Professional yeah. bird actress Oh, That's
1: that, what she is That actually makes me think of something else that I forgot to talk about The other thing that was really Cool about this movie is How much stuff Moves at certain points Mm, yeah Yeah. like those animals and then the dwarves like there was the dancing scenes the um, intense climax where they're chasing after the the queen where they're just like all these different animals and the dwarves are all just moving in in a frantic pace and it's just Mm -hmm. you think about somebody had to calculate the movements of all these different things simultaneously on a single single thing and it is just all looks so seamless you believe these movements like these bird flutters and stuff and it just looks amazing (laughs) when you when you consider that because again these things are drawn by hand
0: yeah is just really cool flabbergasting
1: yeah yeah it's pretty cool okay so I believe that finishes fun facts and trivia with Sarah so yep. now we're going to finish off our podcast with our favorite moments and what we liked about the movie. So favorite moment.
3: Brandon, what was your favorite moment in this movie? Um, I would have to say the transformation scene. It was just really creepy. It was really cool. Kind of played more up to my field of like yeah. movies and stuff. Right. Um, And I just think like what they were able to accomplish animation-wise in that scene for the time was just i pretty cool.
1: I thought so too. Um another cool moment that comes to mind for for you was uh the part where Snow White is terrified.
3: Oh yeah, and all like the forest things start just, turning into like yeah. monsters. That was that was pretty cool, but that did kind of like lead into a whole like 10 minutes of just singing with animals. Yeah. I so <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so, yeah, your favorite is the transformation sequence. Uh, I really, my one of my favorite moments, I have two, and they both involve Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> one is where they're washing up and getting ready for dinner, and then Grumpy's, like, refusing, and then all the dwarves just kind of, like, me- meander over, and then they, like, grab him and then throw him into the, into the basin and wash him. Yeah. And then yeah. she goes, oh, supper's ready! And then they throw him back in. Yeah. <laughs> and just drop him, just like, yay! <laughs> so that's one of my favorite moments. My other favorite moment is when Snow White is, like, guessing their names, and then she finishes off with Grumpy, and she's just like, oh, you must be Grumpy. Yeah. And I just find, thought, thought that was hilarious, how she just, like, changed her inflection only yeah. for him. Also it's goes just...
0: back to the thing about her being a little patronizing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Just, oh, yeah. I love that. Now, Sarah, what's your... What is your favorite moment?
0: Um I like it when she's kissing them all goodbye and Dopey keeps running back.
2: Yeah, he gets 3 kisses. That's funny. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Now, least favorite moment.
3: Brandon. Um the entirety that is the ending. Um I am so confused at how this prince knew to roll up and kiss this dead girl that <laughs> I can't I can't say that's anything close to a good part of the movie.
1: Yeah, I think I think we got that point in this. <laughs> um my least favorite thing in regards to this movie, I think it was Doc and messing up his words. Mm. It was just I just found it annoying. Mm-hmm. Just he couldn't really say things right in that regards, but cuz it's, it's it's not a stutter.
3: No, he just messes up his words. So he yeah. mixes them
1: up. Yeah. so that's that is my least favorite moment Sarah
0: for me it's actually the very beginning with the storybook like I like the storybook thing just like we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. I do think that's cool but there's just so much missing like it tells us that she talks to the mirror every day Mm -hmm. and it tells her she's the most beautiful and then come into her finding out Snow White is but I would like to see that played out a little bit yeah like even a simple montage of her asking it telling her she's the most beautiful and a scene in the background snow white growing up and mm-hmm. becoming more and more beautiful you know i just yeah. think it would be good to have more detail there
1: and they didn't even narrate the storybook like it's no they they're didn't. expecting these kids to read they just let you it's, read it yeah yeah it's just I, I think they learned that later on with with other storybooks that yeah. went on
0: yeah like shrek yeah <laughs> great
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. When Shrek opens up with that, it is a direct parody to this. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah. it's, you know, that was 60 63 years at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you you parody this one because this one was the one that started it all and it's just became yeah. that iconic that a parody, you know exactly what you're parodying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, next moment is a favorite musical moment. Brandon, what is your favorite musical moment in this film?
3: Um, the first time you hear "Hi Ho, Hi Ho, It's Home from Work, We Go," yeah, I just it's it's one of those like, even if you don't know the movie, you do, you like you know that song. It so is, when yeah. it first kicked in in the movie, I was like, "Oh yeah!" So that's that's hands down my favorite musical moment. It is yeah. so iconic. It is, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and a chorus of men's voices always just sounds really good. That is
1: true. Mm-hmm. Uh I agree with you. I. I was contemplating one of the other songs, but when it comes to the songs that get stuck in your head, it's always "Hi Ho." Yeah, "Hi Ho, Hi Ho," mm-hmm. Sarah.
0: I like the song that they sing when they're entertaining Snow White when they like they're dancing around the house and stuff. Yeah, that one's. That's uh, a good I think one. it's fun.
1: The well, that's actually the name of the song. It's called the Funny Song, mm-hmm. where you know, as I was a, a kid, would refer
3: to it as the Yodeling Song. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think the yodeling is why I didn't like that song
0: so much. That's fair. In the IMDb credits, there's a guy credited with that yodeling thing. The <laughs> yodeler for it.
1: Well, that's awesome. The other yeah. reason you might not like it is because there's that super high pitched moment where Snow oh, yeah. White sings, and it's just like really yep. up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, final thoughts and a
3: letter grade, Brandon. If I had to sum everything up into a final thought, I would say that this movie is overly simple. But incredibly creepy and very patronizing. Um, I give it a C plus. I'll attribute the plus because it's a classic. It's like it's just got its place in history, and I can't take it away from it. But I can't say that I, I enjoyed this one at all. See, for me, I would have probably agreed with you a few
1: years ago in regards to this movie. Like very simple and you know, creepy and stuff. But I look at its place in history, I look at the art, I think of the gags, like the, some of these gags I still laugh at it. and again, eighty five year movie, I'm laughing at it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So I think I consider those things and I'd have to give it a B plus. And yeah, I I really I enjoy this one a, a bunch, but you know, it's not gonna be in one of my regular Viewings. I'm not gonna watch it yeah, on a regular basis.
0: There's a
3: good chance I never watch this again. Fair. All right, and Sarah.
0: Uh, I'm with Brandon. I'd go about a C plus because, like you said, like it's not a very exciting movie. It's no. pretty boring, especially considering the fact that right now I watch Encanto every single day, multiple <laughs> times a day. Mm-hmm. Comparing it to that, like it's it's not a very exciting movie, um, but it is the one that started it all. So like I'm thankful for it i guess because it gave me so many of my favorites
2: yeah um
0: but yeah it's just not that exciting but i don't like fault them for that because it was the first one new thing nobody knew what they were doing yet and like we've said a bunch of times it's the time that they were in so yeah so brandon you've watched the first movie are you a disney fan yet
3: uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, I think it's a classic, but it really didn't do much in the way of making me a Disney fan by any means.
1: All right. Well, that is the summation of our first podcast. Yep. Yeah. Next time, for our second episode of Making a Disney Fan, we will go into the modern era with the one that kicked off the reemergence of the disney brand which is the little mermaid it's gonna be a fun time tune in next time i have been your host zachary ttfn ta-ta for now
0: and just keep swimming all of our artwork is created by becca riley you can go find her on instagram at becca riley art spelled b-e-c r-e-i-l-l-y art our theme song was written and performed by marcus Beveridge. you can listen to more of his music on instagram at marcus.and.sarah.music performing alongside me your favorite making a disney fan lady we hope you'll come back for our next episode soon
3: thank you for listening to making a disney fan we hope to see you next time good night and have a pleasant tomorrow